Welcome, cadets and captains, to another episode of M Class Podcast. M Class Podcast. Everybody, clap your hands. <laughs> oh my God, that's our new theme song. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. And I hear you out there asking, "What the hell is this show about? What is? What am I listening to?" I was just thinking that. We don't get any new listeners, but maybe you got hit on the head with a frying pan. You don't remember. I'll tell you. Instant amnesia. Uh, We sit down every two weeks with a piece of Star Trek media. We go through it with a fine-tooth comb, and we tell you whether it's a big old stinker or not, or whether it's great, and we love it. It's (laughs) (laughs) 50-50. We're just a couple of Trek bigots. So. That's right. I'm going to write into Starlog. <laughs> just to reference what? a bunch of old episodes that no one's listened to in well, forever. Well, you should go back and listen to them. There's like a hundred of them or some it's, shit. Uh, th- we are past a hundred, I think. Fucking finally. <sighs> now the show can get good. Now we can start trying. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> This show that we definitely try in, and we make as good as we possibly can, don't add us, is uh, brought to you by Hat Hole Home Video for the last time this month. This is the last episode he's uh, sponsoring, and boy, do we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Check it out. It's so good. I was shocked at how much I enjoyed. Like, I had to... Not that I thought he was going to suck, but I immediately subscribed to the channel yeah, after watching yeah, me one too. video because it was so good. It's like hanging out with your with your friend and it just it's like comforting. I don't know. There's very it's very comforting. Oh, yeah. It's a very chill environment. It's yeah. like going over to your friend's house who lives in a like a um blockbuster video circa nineteen ninety six. Didn't you have a best friend that lived in a blockbuster? I did. <laughs> Explain his this name, to us, Josh. His name was My Imagination. Oh, the most beautiful friend. Sometimes the only friend. <laughs> yeah, usually. I'm an only child, so pretty much. Uh, my brother sucked, so pretty much for me, though. Um, nice. So thank you, Had Whole Home Video, for bringing the trek to the people. We appreciate yeah. that very much. Everybody go to YouTube and search up Hat Whole Home Video and check them out. And uh, check out the uh, advertisements for the last two times in this episode. I was watching his video about the CEDs, the uh, that old format of oh, video. Oh, yeah. I didn't know oh, that existed. Video. That was super I, cool to learn about it. I knew about them because I think at in college somebody brought some in one time, and we were like, what the hell are these? And they're, <laughs> they're just, they're like records. They're not even, yeah. they're just records that play movies. It's crazy. I had to explain to somebody the other day that, like, uh, television used to work like radio where you had to yeah. br- get it in by signals and shit so you could just hijack a signal and make a fake TV station. Yeah, people did that all the time. Uh, that, and that's where like UHF stations came from. Yeah. Where there yeah. was just like stations that were just pirating airtime. There's a great show uh, I forget the name of it but in the late 70s and early 80s in New York City Blondie and uh, this one guy whose name I also forget uh, made like they like rented out a TV studio, like a public access studio, and they just made this weird show where it was just them like hanging out half the time playing music. Oh, that sounds awesome! I think it's called TV T- TV Tonight. TV fuck, I'm gonna look it up. TV like, Tonight, the most generic television show. Johnny TV show. 
no, if no, I, not Blondie, dude. If I run a, if I ever do a late night talk show thing, I'm going to call it TV Tonight. That's a great <laughs> name. TV Party. It's called TV Party. Oh, okay. Was it not Blondie? It's Blondie. Yeah, Glenn O'Brien's TV Party. So it's like a bunch of artists and like just New York weirdos in the early '80s, just like being weird on TV. Oh, that sounds like, awesome. It's you can watch it. It's on YouTube. Yeah, I have to look that up when we're done here. It's kind of boring, but what else is there to do? <laughs> Everything on TV is a little boring, right? Except <laughs> Star Trek. That's right. <laughs> um, this is actually the second episode in BAM's Cards and Casinos collection, as suggested on uh, our Patreon and voted on by our patrons. So, Hey, Dan Goyle. <laughs> It's a Yo. little bit of that in this one with Mickey D. Mickey D wearing his fucking the Shredder outfit from the first Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> his jacket does look like the same material. Super 80s fucking suit he's wearing. Uh, and yeah, you probably figured it out by the title of this episode and the fact that we just mentioned it, but we are um, covering TNG Season 2 Episode 12, The Royale, this time around. Yeah, uh, an episode that has absolutely no point to it, but I still love it. Uh, yeah, this episode is great, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, there's no, literally nothing happens in this episode. <laughs> well, you get like you get a cool mystery, right? That's cool. It's true, you, but like the payoff to the mystery is so underwhelming. And Alien did it. Aliens, yeah, you don't even <laughs> see the alien, which is good though. I think it's better than like a TOS where it's like Abraham Lincoln in space. Sure, and then uh, if, if if this was TOS, there would be like a a monster movie alien in a yeah. suit at the end of the thing that goes at them. Yeah, and he'd be that would be Mickey D. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Um, and he'd be like, "I read your books and wanted to be Mickey D. <laughs> he sounded really cool." I like shooting guns. Pew pew. Uh, this episode was written by Keith Mills. Who uh, isn't a real person. It's a made-up name. It's a made-up name. It was actually um, written by Tracy Torme. Okay. Who is Mel Torme's son. Like the lounge singer, the Vegas lounge singer Mel Torme. Oh, from Night Court? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a reference literally (laughs) nobody gets. That's a reference only you and I understand. (laughs) Jesus Christ. We are so unbelievably old. Anyway. We're so stupid and old. Uh, Tracy Torme was the executive story editor for the show's first and second season, and he's um, he's responsible for some of the only good episodes in the first and second season. Yeah, this is one of them, I think. Uh, he he wrote um, the Big Goodbye, the first uh, Dixon Hill mystery. Oh, he likes the well. His dad's Mel Torme. That makes of sense, course. right? Uh, he, he wrote the Schizoid Man, the only episode that has the hottest TNG character in it, Dr. Salar. Oh, Dr. Salar. They reference her, but never yeah, see her again. Never see her again. And seeing her is, is most of the fun. Um, yeah, she's hot. <laughs> uh, but he also wrote Conspiracy and came up with the idea of the bugs that take over the Federation. Oh, the so worms. Yeah. He's a little hit or miss. And proving how hit or miss he is... Uh, he co-created and wrote a ton of the episodes of Sliders, which Sliders. is half amazingly fun episodes and half dog shit. The first two <laughs> seasons are good, and then after that, it's like 
It's true. My, I think my favorite part about that show is when Jerry O'Connell was like, I'm out of here. I'm famous. Yeah, and and then they have like, to fucking like replace the main character of the show. I think it's his brother. I think it's his like actual brother. That might it? be true. I don't know. He does have a brother who looks exactly fucking like him, but I think, I think they, they replaced like, him with just another white guy with shaggy brown hair. And they I'm were like, no to, one will notice. Yes, it's his brother, Charlie O'Connell. They're, it really is. Yeah. Holy they were shit. like, let's just get his brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, the writer of this episode, Tracy Torme, created the series Sliders. Um, That's a good show. I love Sliders, actually. I think it's a really fun show. I remember the one vividly where they go to a universe, an Earth, where nukes hadn't been invented, and an asteroid is coming toward Earth. And they have to, like, invent a nuke. Oh, Jesus. And they have to, like, wrestle with the weight of it. Yeah, and they're like, should we do this? Like, should we, like, give this to them? It's yeah. fucked up. Damn, that is fucked up. I remember the one where they went to a world where dinosaurs ruled. <laughs> that was a really <laughs> I, fucking fun episode. There was a lot of, like, cool Quantum Leapy stuff, too, where, like, um, I think the last episode of one of the season enders was, like, they go home. Right and and the fence like the gate to Jerry O'Connell's house is like, it's like creaks or broken or something, and he goes to open the gate and it doesn't creak uh, and he, he realizes said, he's not really he's not home. he's not home, but they slide out right and then I think his dad comes out and he's like I fixed the fence honey or something <laughs> like that. Uh, fuck you, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. Go back to go back to sliding. <laughs> fucking infinite universe jumping motherfucker when did jerry o'connell think that he was famous was it like joe's apartment. joe versus the volcano or <laughs> joe's apartment joe's apartment that's the one he versus also, the volcano is tom hanks actually. yeah he was also trip mcneely in uh can't hardly wait that's the big role that he was waiting for. yeah trip mcneely um, Tracy Torme, the writer, actually wrote, um, who he co-produced and did some extra writing on the I Am Legend movie with Will Smith. Uh, that movie's bad. <laughs> I like that movie, but it is bad. The dog so. gets killed. It's horrible. I don't like that. That's true. I, that part always fucking makes me sad. Yeah, fuck that. You know what movie I wouldn't watch as a kid because a dog dies, like, in the opening two seconds of it? Is uh, all dogs go to heaven? Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen. That I was movie. afraid of that movie because um, cars shouldn't be able to think. <laughs> that was the my fact, stance during Transformers. That was my stance Christine. during Knight Rider. Yeah, Christine was a big no-no. For That's you. a big no-no. Cars shouldn't be out here thinking and talking and whatnot. What was the movie that that uh, Futurama episode is based off of? car or something i don't know yeah, remember when uh, bender turns into a wear car oh yeah that's like the cartoon isn't it about the kid that turns into the car no there's a movie that like it's like the it oh fuck what is it called uh this episode was directed by cliff bowl who i've <laughs> talked about endlessly like will wheaton hated him and everybody else loved him Cliff Bowl. They they named the Bolians after him. Oh, that's cool. Uh, uh, I can't find the movie, but it's based off of a movie. Anyway, he he kind of looks like one of those dudes. Is kind of a prick. I'm not gonna. 
Yeah, but he was mean to Will Wheaton, so he's So that cool means there. he's cool. <laughs> you get a little Will Wheaton in this episode, and it's just it's some of the worst acting ever. It, yeah, it really is. Like, with child actors, you gotta, like, cut him some slack. But he's, like, older than most child actors at this Not point. Not only that, but he had been in a movie where he played a character well. But like, Yeah, what was, happened to that? Like, what ha- Like what happened to your ability to act? Like, is his acting in, in the editing, maybe? Maybe. Maybe it's just the material was better for him. Maybe he can't act like he's on a spaceship. I don't know. Maybe. Um, maybe he fucking sucks. Got him! Maybe uh, River Phoenix pulled him up. Maybe that's what it is. River Phoenix is just so good. that That's true. Who else was in that movie where they go see a dead body? Jerry the O'Connell! The Jerry children's O'Connell. movie where they go see a dead body. Why, fucking why Jerry is O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It all comes back together. And Corey Feldman. Yeah, what a strange time in history where they were like, "How about we make a kids movie where a bunch of kids go see a dead body?" It's a it's a Stephen King short story. Uh, is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. Yep. Huh? Maybe I did know that. Actually, it sounds fairly familiar. You know Stephen King, the guy who likes the dead bodies. <laughs> you know Stephen King, the guy who wrote a child sex orgy in his book. <laughs> it. Yeah. Cocaine will do that to you. Um. So anyway, the USS Enterprise-D is... They found this planet called Theta-116, uh, and they're like, wow. Or 116, Theta-116. And they're like, wow, this hasn't even been mapped. What is this shit? Oh, God. And uh, a Klingon cruiser is like, hey, um, there's like something in the atmosphere down there. We're not going to fuck with it because, you know, you can't conquer things in a planet with nothing on it, so... Yeah, there's like ammonia tornadoes and like yeah, the planet it's, sucks. It's like a sh- fucking hellhole, like 300 meters yeah. per second wind. Yeah, we're talking nitrogen, methane, liquid neon, liquid surface neon. temperature minus 291 Celsius. I don't even know what that is. Uh, it's like really, really cold Fahrenheit. Yeah, 312 <laughs> like- fucking meters per second uh, air winds. As opposed yeah. to other wins, I guess. I, yeah. I like this episode because it starts off with, like, heavy science, right? Yeah, like, and then it fucks right off with that. <laughs> and then it's like, but also magic? <laughs> they they find debris that's uh, floating around the planet, and they, they call it a, uh, a... They basically say it's floating around the planet in a circular motion, and I was like, well, yeah... I think it's uh, elliptical. They say yeah, it's an, it's, like, it's in an elliptical orbit, and I was like, well, yeah, but it's <laughs> steady, right? I guess that's the. I think I, I that's what I got from it. It was it, it wasn't careening into the atmosphere. Yeah, so um, I guess that's weird. I don't know. Riker goes to talk to Daddy Picard in his ready room, and, and he's sipping the tiniest cup of tea I've ever seen. He's like, nim, 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 nim. It was like he was like computer. Give me a dollhouse-sized tea. <laughs> Give me a very, very tiny cup. I want to look very large. <laughs> I'm tired of Riker looking taller than me. <laughs> I want to look like I'm slightly larger than everybody else, like 15 feet tall. Uh, but Picard is looking at Fermat's last theorem, and we get a little bit of a history lesson about what that is. Yeah. 
pretty cool. Some math math nerd shit. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is particularly or what it's supposed to be about because uh, I had to take geometry twice in high school, so... Oh, well, geometry is math. <laughs> uh, I think I told this this on the show before, which is my catchphrase, according to people who listen to this. I say that all the time. Well, it's hard because you tell me stuff and then it's I'm true. talking to you. It's hard to know. That's true. Um, I I got put into advanced geometry because I got a C plus in algebra and they put me in okay. advanced geometry and then I failed it. And I, I, and I was like, see, I shouldn't have taken that. And they're like, well, don't worry. We'll put you in advanced geometry again. And you can take it again. Cool. And I had to lobby them. Like, straight up lobby the fucking school board to let them take me, let me take regular geometry. And then I passed it. I got a B. Well, there you go. I never heard that story. Turns out I'm not dumb. Dad. Math. Math. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Um, but yeah, he's, he doesn't, Picard's talking about how it isn't just the puzzle that interests him about it, but, um, it's humbling with all their technology and their advancedness that, um, they still can't solve a problem that was figured out by a guy who didn't even have a computer. Yeah. Which I think is cool. cool. Yeah. It's a really cool, like little, uh, like a little like sort of metaphor for what the episode is going to be like right like, yeah like the puzzle can't be solved exactly right which is right. like it, it gives a little bit of form to the formless ending of the episode not a ton but some yeah it's it's fine i think because like y- you get to see like star trek like they're celebrating like like uh like intellect right like yeah like in the future, they're like, "Oh, like, uh, what are you doing, Captain? Like, like, uh, he's not watching like football, right? He's like, I'm looking at a math proof." God, <laughs> like, could you imagine if you were just fucking chilling at your friend's house, right? And like, yeah. you, you walk into the living room and you're like, "Oh, what are you watching?" And he's like, "Oh, nothing. I'm just trying to figure out Fermat's last theorem." Yeah, Fermat's last theorem, man. <laughs> and you're like, "Fucking rad, bro! Put that it's shit like, up on the whiteboard." It's fucking. Let's stay up all night figuring this shit out. <laughs> I'll get, I'll put on the tiny cups of tea. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, we, I, I don't know. Is this... I don't think this is the first appearance of Miles O'Brien. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. It's, it's an early appearance by him, though. They really wanted to show off that prop they made for the transporter. That's true. Um, Which is... It's awesome. It's cool. I... That's one of the things that I love. I love when things have a specific motion to them. Yeah, yeah. That uh, it's sort of a dynamic piece of business for the characters to do on screen. That's very artist artist of you to say, right? Because um, like drawing is that, right? It's it is business. <laughs> no, but it's also like the mo like. There's oh yeah, it's like specific motions. motions. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Yeah. But it's like that motion where they put the th- the three fingers on the console yeah. and then push up to energize. Yeah, we do that now on a laptop, right? We can yeah. scroll that way, right? It's very they were they knew a little bit about what was they were it's just intuitive. Maybe it's a human thing we just like. I don't know. Yeah. And there's there's like a specific motion that they use for transporting in the original series. It's like they turn a certain dial. 
but yeah. it's, it's it's not as like visually interesting of a piece of business as like the, it feels, the slide in TNG. It feels powerful because it's a large swipe, right? And You're true, like, yeah. It feels very like we're doing this. We're going. <laughs> we are fucking transport now, yeah. baby. I know you mean it. Does it, it? It is nice that it's like a standard thing they do. Um. I guess that went off the rails a little bit talking about that, but it's it's something I find really interesting. Um, on in visual mediums, like whether it be television or movies or comic books or or porn or pornography, which is a type of comic book or mm-hmm. movie, and there's a specific motion associated with that too. Oh, there's plenty of motions associated with that. A lot of back and forth. Yeah, it's very very pleasing to the eye. <laughs> The, um, I forgot what the fuck I was going to say. I'm thinking about porn now. Um, <laughs> no, uh, in visual media, there's there's something called business where, okay. like, when characters are talking, they can't just be fucking standing there. Yeah, you have to be doing that, they have things. to be doing something that's all that's visually engaging. Yeah, a lot of uh, old films, you'll see them just like smoking, right? Yeah, they're smoking or they're like sitting at a desk writing or. Yeah. And tons of movies, especially in the 80s, for some Eating. reason, people use... They're on a phone. Yeah. When they're talking. And I don't know. Because phones are dope in the 80s. Yeah, we got this new technology from yeah. 100 years ago. It's this cool yeah. phone. New new thing. The Tarantino films, they eat a ton. They do. They eat a lot. Or they cut people's ears off and dance to fun or, music. Or there's just feet. Just yeah. looking at feet. A lot of feet business. Feet business. <laughs> yeah. That's um, a type of porn. Which is like something that like, I don't know. I've been working with comics recently. Um, I'm, I'm back doing some Inksburg recently. Yeah. And uh, you can thank my patrons for that. Woo! At patreon.com slash Jeff Pennington. Anyway. Um, <laughs> plug, 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 plug. They, they sort of gave me the green light to not worry about making stuff this month and just work on... Uh, Inksburg, but anyway, um, I w- I've been thinking a lot about comics as a medium, and like there are so many comics where it's just a head and like a wall of fucking text. Yeah, you, if that was in a movie, that would be the most visually uninteresting shit, and it it is on a comic page too. Well, it's very anime, right? Anim- a lot of anime is that way, right? Where it's, uh, I, I think that's more like a Western comics thing because I think about like Ultimate Spider-Man that has floating heads with text coming from it. Oh, a just lot. the floating heads, yeah. yeah. But anime does the, do they do that cutaway shit where it's like the reaction, you know? It's well, like a, true. A, a comic-y page type. That's of... That's true. There, there's a little bit of like visual business in those though where like there's a yeah. lot of action lines happening or yeah, like shit's a character's happening. expression yeah. is like really exaggerated and that's fine but like um as much as I love Ultimate Spider-Man I don't go to bat for it as like one of the r- really great superhero comics there are like hundreds of pages in the run of that comic that's just a black background with a floating head and a wall of text that fucking sucks. Yes, it does. <laughs> like, it's like, what am I reading? What is this? This is a book. Yeah. This is like a picture book. Yeah, now. make make it a book. Um, that was a tangent, but um, I think Star Trek does a really great job, especially TNG, of having characters do something interesting while they're talking because there's so well, much yeah. exposition. Well, think about it. You have. 
Patrick Stewart, who's a classically trained theater actor, so yeah. he's like gold, right? And then you got Riker, who does the AC Slater whenever he can. That's awesome. <laughs> it is cool as fuck. And Data, who, like, Brent Spiner, who in this episode is amazingly funny. He really is hilarious. Data like, is so out of character at certain they points. Let Data so off funny. The, they let him off the leash in this one. They're like, just be an idiot. <laughs> like, like, in the scene where Picard is in his ready room, like, he doesn't just start talking about Fermat's last theorem. He turns his computer screen around yeah. to show it to, to Riker. To show him. Yeah. And he, like, spins his... He, like, turns his chair and, like, stands up and walks as he's talking and he's drinking his tiny teacup. Yeah. There's a lot of business that keeps the scene from being just two guys staring at each other talking. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. Um. Anyway... I love it. The whole idea is that they're going to beam some of the debris on board that's in orbit around Theta-116, and uh, they beam it aboard. It's a chunk of hull, and Riker walks up behind it, and he's like, I love this. I love this, because it's so Twilight Zone. And it's he turns like- it around, and it is a NASA piece of metal with the American yeah. flag on it. Yeah. And just in case you didn't get that, that that's that's weird and wild. The camera does zoom in on it while dramatic music. Oh, plays. it's so it, dude. It's like it's Twilight Zone. It is I'm like, fully Twilight Zone. I am watching an episode of the Twilight Zone. This is awesome. That's this episode of TNG is so TOS. It is, but and in and like I that's not an insult. No, no, either. no. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's really sort of campy and fun and weird and very Twilight zone in a way that TOS episodes are. It's like, it's like very TOS, but like it has that pinch of like early TNG magic where you're like, there's something to this, right? Like there's, there's something different about this show. It's not TOS, even though yeah. I did notice um, in the beginning of this episode, they play the the TOS theme, a variant of it, like, while they're on the bridge. Oh, yeah? And I, yeah, and I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Huh. Like, like go back, like, in the beginning, I don't I don't know, like, a timestamp, I didn't write it down, but, like, they play, like, a, 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 a variation of the TOS theme, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Wow, I missed that. That's good ear. That's really cool. I yeah, I thought it was really like a nice touch, like, and it sets the tone. Cause I think they kind of knew, like, oh, this is very TOSy, right? Like, it's true. I, I think this is a good moment to talk about the difference between this episode and the last one we watched, uh, a piece yeah. of the action, because both of them uh, are pointless, <laughs> and yes. they have no real story structure to speak of. It's his character sort of meandering around set pieces and doing uh, things that we know from the fiction that this is based on. Yeah. But this has such a fun atmosphere, a tongue-in-cheek comedic element to it. It's straight-out comedic. Yeah. In a way that's much more relatable to the audience, I think. Because we talked about how a piece of the action may have been a lot funnier in the 60s. yeah. And I think this is closer to our sensibility of what's funny. I think it also... I think a big difference, too, is also, like, when they do go down to the planet, they don't don't have to fit in. Like, 
it's just like they talk to like basically like NPCs, right? Yeah. And they're and they're and the NPCs just ignore them, which it alleviates a lot of the problems from uh, a piece of the action where like you have to make the dialogue with the people make sense. It, like it's true. Like, everything has to be like fitted into the world, but the mystery is like. In, in this episode, the mystery is maintained because, like, they don't know what's going on. They're like, what the fuck is this, right? Like, That's true. The addition of a mystery plot line, like a through line, even if it's not, like, particularly strong. Yeah. Although I would argue that it is fairly strong until the conclusion, which kind of drops the ball. The conclusion's cool, though, because, like, it's dark as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like when they read that diary, it's like fucked up, dude. dude I, I I'm gonna talk about that when we get to it, but that's like my favorite moment in the entire episode. Yeah, it's awesome, and it's one of those moments that's like if you think that uh, Jonathan Frakes isn't a good actor, yeah, watch that moment. There's there's like some genuine face acting in that moment that's like top tier. It's also really cool because he he's he like respects the. They're like the same guy, like they're the, they're like the same rank, right? Yeah, and he, it's just like a a previous version of Riker, right? Like well, I'll just talk I'll just talk about it right now. He's like reading the um the book, and he's like he he reads the last passage, and it's like uh with this book being so like horribly written and everything, <laughs> and he smiles, he sort of laughs as yeah. he's reading it. And then his fucking, his smile drops completely, and he says, I'll welcome the end when it comes. Yeah, I'll welcome death when it comes. I'll welcome death when it comes. And his smile and his smile and optimism, gone. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, they put him through this hell of, of this nonsense, right? Like, yeah. It's like, like, the novelty would have worn off very quickly, and he was there for 30 fucking years. And, like, what would have happened if he would have figured out, like, if the, if the astronaut guy would have figured out how to beat the game? It's kind of like a game, right? Like, True. He would have been like, trapped on the planet, yeah. I guess. Yeah, what, what would he have done? That's, that's something I was thinking about is, like, uh, you know, when they talk about how he's been on the planet for so long, and then he died there of old age or whatever, all I was thinking about was, like, is this dude, like, a moron? Did he never think of, like, acting out the book? But he of could've. course he did. But where did yeah. he have to go? He just had to go back in. Yeah, the only thing... Because that's... They're giving him food, right? That's why they have yeah. that room service scene, because it's to show you, like, oh, he can eat food here, right? Like... Yeah. I, I thought that was, like, a plot hole until I really thought about it. And then I was like, of course he solved it. But, like, yeah. he's trapped on this planet, and there's only, like, I don't even know, like, a, a quarter of a mile of space that's habitable. Yeah, where's he gonna go? Yeah. He could have <laughs> just walked into the storm and died, I guess. Maybe. Maybe. Um, <laughs> with that suck. bleakness on our mind, <laughs> let's take a quick break and hear from this month's sponsor for the second to last time, Hat Hole Home Video... We'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Greetings, listeners. It is the vengeful spirit of Stan Lee reminding you that once you're done listening to this episode of M-Class Podcast, which honestly should probably be renamed Jeff and Josh Talk About How Hot Nana Visitor Is, I digress. Web sling on over to YouTube and check out Hat Hole Home Video. 
It's a channel devoted to one man's nostalgia for the glory days of the VHS video store. Trust me, true believer. Now back to the show. Back to the show. Welcome back, cadets and captains. Uh, time for some Star Trek. Let's do it. Meow, 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 meow. Why is it a cat? It would be better if it was. I thought of you. Um, Aw. Well, often I think of you. But Aw. Sideshow has these uh, little statuettes of uh, Star Trek as cats. Like captains. Oh, like, yeah. Cats. I've seen those. Yeah, and I think one of them looked like one of your cats. And I was like, ha, 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 I was like, that's funny. That's cool. I have to check that out. <laughs> Um, so they, they all head to the observation lounge and they're like, Hey, what the fuck? What is, what is this? Yeah. And it turns out it's legit. It's from the mid 21st century. And yeah, they do a cool thing with like 52 stars. Yeah. Right? We finally let, uh, Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico DC, DC, or maybe Guam could be Guam. That's true. Could be Guam. Um, <laughs> but the problem is that no ship of that time could have made it this far out into space. Yeah. But there's no other conclusion to be made, because all testing proves that it is what it is. Yeah, they, like, scan it, and they're, like, uh, disintegrated, and they're, and Captain Picard's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I don't know, it looks <laughs> like I got shot. It does that, it shows that one shot of Riker from much later in the series, and he's yeah. like, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Um... And what Captain Picard hell? gives gives Jordy a cool compliment. He's like, "That's some pretty advanced math you're doing there, Jordy." Have you ever thought about Fermat's last theorem? And Jordy's <laughs> like, "Fucking, I'm trying to work over He's here. Like, I'm I'm working with this child." One thing that pissed me off was it seems like they split up Jordy's line with with Wesley. Yeah, like like Wesley's like, "I'm terrible and I suck." And then Jordy is like, uh, I'll finish the line. <laughs> Wesley shouldn't be in this scene, but no. at this point, I think Gene Roddenberry is still alive, and Wesley is his weird child self-insert, so he's got to be there. Yeah, it's dumb. But um, Data is, you know, it had to have been a weapon from our time. Yeah. Or like something of equal power, and... Um, they find a structure on the surface, yeah. which is wild because, as we learned earlier, there are like methane tornadoes and shit, acid rains, dogs and cats living together, <laughs> mass hysteria, mass hysteria, Twinkie the size of the Empire State Building, <laughs> shit that'll turn your ass white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good movie. Um, but um. There's a frozen methane lake, and in the absolute middle of it is a structure surrounded by breathable oxygen, class M. Yeah, they're like, let's just go. <laughs> yeah, what a terrible idea. They don't okay. even wait to see if it collapses and reforms at certain intervals or anything. They're just like, let's head down. I guess they just know it. Because there's a building there. There wouldn't be if there was 300 meters per second winds, right? That's true. Like, no building's we, la living through that. We do get my favorite trio. 
and I, I love, oh, yeah. I love when Riker, Data, and Worf are the trio that goes to do shit. <laughs> I was gonna say this episode's great because you get Riker, you get Data hamming it up, and Worf is there. Worf is like so out of his fucking element that he's just like, oh. <laughs> they 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 grab uh some heaters. <laughs> Yeah, they bring some heaters with them. Down the, the vacuum planet. tube heaters. There's a really fucking funny scene where they like beam down, and like as soon as the special effect is over, they like uh, just fumble for their weapons as fast as possible. Yeah, <laughs> which is weird because it's like <laughs> there's nobody there. Like, no, but just how badly they fumble for their weapons and how fast they go for them makes me laugh every time. Why don't they just beam down with them in their hands? I don't know. They hadn't learned that technology yet. They Yeah, true. But all they find on the planet is a revolving door with no walls near it, no nothing. Just pitch black. Also, there's like an Adobe After Effects standard green mist in the sky. That's the storm. The storm's going nuts <laughs> up there. Yeah. Um, it's like the same effect that happens in Goosebumps episodes when there's like a fog, a green fog. It's just extremely superimposed. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. no subtlety to it. Yeah. Um, but they're like, well, we found a door and they call it to the ship. Hey, we found a door and Picard's like, okay go through it he's like oh we didn't think of that all right yeah and then they yeah they they go in and uh they're all very good at using the revolving door for like people who've probably never seen one i'm not even good at using a revolving door and i've been through many of them yeah exactly well, they're the best of the best of humanity. They're not the fucking dregs like we are. They can do the math of the door physics. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I go in a revolving door and I'm like, do I need to push or touch something? I don't know. When I go into the revolving door, I always go around it and it pisses everybody off who's also oh, going yeah. through it. Yeah, well, you're just doing You're in the Royale, dude. You can't get out. No, I'm having a fun time. My inner child is having a fun time. Just because I'm 80 doesn't mean I can't have fun. That's right. That's right. You tell them. But uh, they go inside, and there's just like a... For some reason, this casino reminds me very heavily of the Golden Girls Vegas episodes. Oh, it's 89. This is 89, right? Yeah. So everyone's wearing like late 80s shit. Some of the extras look like the Golden Girls, even. Yeah. Maybe that's why. But it's like, the hair. It's the the denim, like of the jeans. It's, it's like bad. They're, they're all yeah. wearing those like reflective '80s old lady dresses. Yep. Everything's got like like tinkly like beads on. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I was thinking of. They they all have like disco ball reflectiveness going yeah. on. It's like your grandma, like you could, you, it's, she's like a cat. Like you put a bell on your grandma so you know where she is. <laughs> but uh, they go through the door and immediately their signal is cut off from the ship. Yeah. And Data's like, well, we should go back. And Riker's like, nah, it's cool. We're not in any danger. Also, I see some hookers. <laughs> I don't know. And this is like so far beyond like standard protocol. They're like, yeah. well, we should beam back up because we don't know what's going on. And Riker's like, eh, nah. They got craps. We're playing that later. Uh, a, a bellboy comes by and he's like, you can check in at the front desk. And they're like, uh, okay. Shrug. <laughs> 
Don't is this when they go to the desk and they're like, "We've been expecting you." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The creepy ass dude comes up. He's the guy here. from everything. He is in everything. It's true. Is he the the principal from Forrest Gump that fucks Forrest's mom? I think he is. Maybe it's, it's Bernard. Bernard from Lost. That's him. I didn't watch Lost. Bernard from Lost. <laughs> I, it, it, yep, that's him. By the time I wanted to watch Lost, uh, everybody had told me not to watch it because of the way it ends, and I already know the way it ends. Yeah, so. yeah. His name is Sam Anderson. He is in a million things. Sam Anderson. Sam Anderson. He's in 21 Jump Street, Growing Pains, Perfect Strangers, TJ Hooker. He's in every goddamn thing. Oh my god, Perfect Strangers? Yeah. Standing tall. tall. It's the best theme song of any television series. Um, (laughs) Maybe Family Matters has one on the same level, but... It's the big love of the family. That show rules. It really does. Remember when Urkel gets that little car? Do you remember when Urkel time travels to the prehistoric (laughs) time? (laughs) Do you remember when Urkel just fucking sciences his way into being a Doctor Who. Do you remember when Urkel created a machine that turns you cool? I don't know yeah. what the metric is for that, but it just turns you cool. Jillian White was like, I'm sick and tired of being Urkel. I'm, I'm tired of being Urkel, and they were like, well, you can be Urkel's grandma again. And he's like, no. <laughs> I'm gonna be we cool, got Larry God Johnson. You played la- basketball with Grandmama. Yeah. Um, fucking grandma, dude. Urkel, fucking Family Matters is so goddamn good. It's off the chain. It's like everything a sitcom should be. Yes, it, it's it's like a, it makes fun of itself. It's great. It's a is great it show. the perfect sitcom? Maybe it might be. Maybe it might be. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, um, the the bellboy and the assistant manager have like a weird fucking conversation about Mickey D and a lady the bellboy is in love with. Yeah. And Rita. Rita. I'm going to save you, Rita, from Mickey D. I'm going to save Rita from Mickey D, and then she's going to touch my baby. And then Bernard is like, you better not. Mickey D's got guns. Mickey D has a gun, and he's going to use it on you. Mickey, Mickey D's got chicken McNuggets. Mickey D's going to beat you up by the monkey bars, <laughs> and then you'll never get Rita. Nope. And our heroes are just standing there like, why is this what happening in front fuck? of us? Yeah. They're like, what? They're like, they look really awkward. Like, they're like, yeah. literally like, like eavesdropping on a conversation that they shouldn't be, right? The whole time, they really have this energy about them. Like, why is this happening in front of us? Should I be looking? Do I need to look away? <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, too, because it's just like, think about it from their point of view, too. Like... Oh, we're on some kind of weird methane planet, and we're in a hotel now. Yeah, exactly. And now there's this shit-ass dialogue happening. Like, what the fuck? Worf cuts through the bullshit. He's like, where are we? Yeah. And the manager's like, you're at the Royale. And Riker's like, no, what planet are we on? And he's like, what? Yeah, he's like, uh... Imagine if somebody walked up to you right now and was like, what planet are we on? Yeah. Well, I would think they were aliens, because I believe in the aliens. He was like, this is Earth. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, no, this is Theta 7 or 8. Yeah, he's like, 
which is not yeah. the name of the planet earlier in the episode. But he's um, like, "What do you call this planet?" And he's like, "Earth." What do you call it? And Worf's like, "Theta Eight. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, like "All good. right, bye." And <laughs> which is the correct way to respond to this. Yeah. And um, they finally start to scan shit, which you think should have happened by now, but... Um, they're walking around, they're just scanning, and I think... The, is this when they're talking to people? And they're, they're just, like, ignoring the fuck out of them, right? Um, this is where Data figures out that they're not people. That they're, like, not emitting That's any right. life signs whatsoever. They have DNA, yeah. And Riker's like, well, what are they? And they just kind of look at each other, like, ooh. Yeah. It's... Is this a holodeck sitch? Like, I guess this is like a proto holodeck, right? Like for the show, anyway. It's true, but the holodeck has appeared by this point. Yeah, there's really no reason this should this should be taking place outside of the holodeck. I guess they just like were like we can't keep using the holodeck. They didn't stop them for the next six seasons, but <laughs> I mean. <laughs> There's a Moriarty holodeck. There's two Moriarty holodeck episodes. <laughs> um, but like, we're, we're like, it's like, well, what are they? Are they machines? Are they illusions? Are they Skeletors on the holodeck? What is this? Yeah, can I punch them? And he's like, they exist, but they're not machines or humans. They're not illusions. They just, weird. They don't have a DNA structure. They just hand wave this away. They're just. They just. There was something we don't. Fucking know. the cowboy comes out right, and he hears uh, this, yeah. and he's like, "You sound like my ex-wife." Yeehaw! Now let's get down to business. And Data business. fucking hilariously says, "I do wonder what business he's getting down to." <laughs> oh, I fucking love Data. <laughs> um, on the back on the Enterprise. Meanwhile, on the Enterprise. <laughs> um, Jordy and Wesley are trying to like break through the static that's keeping them from talking to the away team and Picard being Picard is like you know could an intelligent being be causing the interference Yeah. and Jordy's like how in the fuck am I supposed to know that captain that's a big leap there buddy yeah and Picard's like you know Riker's not following protocol which is true. <laughs> right. He's like, what's happening down there? And there's the great little bit with Troy where she's like, if I had to say what he's feeling, he's feeling amused. Yeah, because he's laughing at the, the Texas guy, right? And yeah. The, he keeps like, doing this thing that I love where he keeps looking at Worf I love and it. doing a big smile like they're supposed to smile together. And Worf just looks at him like, fucking this is stupid. <laughs> I love that Like that's their friendship is like, Riker is like... Hey, Worf, I'm telling you a joke. And Worf is like, very funny. <laughs> like, he doesn't give a fuck, right? It's great. I love it so much. But you know that Worf, like, really likes him. But, like, it, he just true. doesn't act that way, right? Like, like he's just not. There there are two different episodes um, at different points that where Worf straight up admits that his two best friends are Riker and Data. Yeah. Yeah. Like in two different episodes he admits, you know, Riker's my best friend, I want him to kill me. Yeah. And Data's my best friend. I'm sorry I said bad things about you when you were in charge. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, that was when he was wearing the red shirt, right? It's true. And he had his gold thingy on. 
Uh, no, actually, that's way later. It's oh, like it's later? Uh, Data's like in charge of the ship, and yeah, uh, Picard and Raker like I don't know tongue kissing somewhere. I don't remember. <laughs> and every time Data says to do something, like Worf says some shit under his breath. Oh, and Data like takes him into the ready room, and he's like, "Yeah, you can't be doing that shit. Like, I'll yeah. relieve you of duty. Yeah, you're gonna get you put do in this. the brig." Like, you never did that when Picard was in charge or Riker was in charge. Why are you doing it when I'm in charge? Like, this yeah. is unacceptable behavior. And Worf's like, oh, I'm extremely sorry, and I do hope that this won't stand in the way of us being friends. Oh, Worf, I love you. Oh, it's, I love that so much. <laughs> um, Data just follows the, the, the fucking the cowboy over to a table, a blackjack table. Yeah. He sits down next to some bimbo. Like a older Nana visitor. Uh, I wouldn't say she's older. She's like strange Taller? looking. She looks like Nana visitor's like slightly older sister. I could see that. Uh, she's pretty hot. I got nothing. Yeah, she's her. all right. Yeah, she got big, like big anime eyes. Yes, yeah, she does. She got big, pretty eyes, and they're yeah. very expressive, which is very yeah. good for the scene she's in. She's great in this episode. She's really funny. Data comes over and the cowboy puts his cowboy hat on Data's head. And he's like, join up the gang. Yeehaw, yes. platoon. Sit down at the blackjack table and let's do it. He's like four shades away from being cowed away from Auntie Donna. He's like, sit down at the table, platoon. <laughs> and uh, Data wears, every time I talk about this episode, I'm like, you know, it's the one where Data wears the cowboy hat. Yeah. It's the gif of him winking with the cowboy hat on. That's the one. Um, but, like, they're they're going to explain the game of blackjack to him, but he does in his normal data way, and then he cuts the uh, deck with one hand, and they're both like, woo! Yeah. I like how he's, like, is, like accessing, like, he's got to learn about blackjack, like... Yeah, which is, like, <laughs> that's not how his brain works, but they yeah. don't know that yet. Yeah. Um, the cards are really slow back then. <laughs> That should have taken several hours at that point, but um, we learned that the cowboy's name is Texas, so I will just keep calling him the cowboy. Yeah, that's a dumb name. And he's like, yeah, take another hit. And she busts over 21. Yeah. And he takes a hit and gets 21. Yep. And he's like, you wee dog, he's got me some money for the fucking oil. And... <laughs> Uh, gonna have me some fucking beans and toast. And <laughs> Data keeps asking for cards, and the cowboy's like, "Oh, you're gonna bust if you keep doing that." I you know guarantee. What the, you know what the odds are of getting a blackjack on a five card Charlie? Dude, that's so fucking funny because Data opens his mouth, but then he interrupts yeah. him so he can't yeah. say the odds. The, the exact odds, yeah. <laughs> Data's hilarious in this fucking episode. Yeah. Brent Spiner is, like, on fire. He really is. Um, he keeps asking for cards. He gets five cards and ends up with 21. And the cowboy's like, oh, my God, how'd you do that? I guarantee, golly gee whiz. <laughs> uh, he's like, were you counting cards, boy? You're not one of them cow card counters, is you? <laughs> cow card counters. <laughs> uh, and Data's like, well... Uh, the cards stay the same number and have the same probability of arriving regardless. What's the point yeah. of counting them? And then she goes, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like she's like, yeah. Like, thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, Riker's like, yeah, we need to get the hell out of here. And Data leaves with his hat. And the guy's like, hey, give back my hat. God darn it. Call Cern it. <laughs> razzle frazzle android azzle. <laughs> So, and this town ain't big enough for the both of us to wear my hat. And <laughs> he gives him his hat back. And uh, we, we take a, another quick jaunt up to the ship. And uh, we we find out that the interference is random. It's constantly changing frequencies, so they can't predict it. Right, because of the atmosphere or whatever. And this is the this is the point where Picard's like, wow, Jordy, you run, you're fucking mathing yeah. hard, dog. That's right. He's... Yeah, he's horny for the math. He's like, yo, let's math together. Okay, you want to hang out and do some math later? And Jordy's like, Captain, and he blushes. Yeah. <laughs> then they fuck. And, like, steam comes out of his visor. He, he he does that thing where you pull your collar and steam yeah. comes out, but he does it with his visor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, they're like, well... He's like, what are you trying to figure out? And he's like, I'm trying to figure out if I could shoot it with our big gun and get through. All right. (laughs) Carton's like, okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) uh, The away team finally decides they're going to leave. I guess they're just bored with it. They're like, all right, I get it. Yeah. uh, They try to go out through the revolving door, but they don't know how to use it anymore. And it just keeps sending them back into the building. It's kind of goofy because, like, obviously they're going around it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not even, like, a trick of the... Like, I, they couldn't really do this back then, but, like, it should be that as soon as they go out, they come in, right? Like, yeah. They should have been a cut. The they go yes. through one thing and then come out the other. Yeah, it should they should split-screen that. And I think they maybe could have... It would have been hard to do, but... I think that's something I wanted to point out as well, is that this episode has the most minimal camera movement of any Star Trek episode I've ever seen. Yeah. There's weird angles. They do some weird... uh, Like, when they go up to the room, there's some weird, like, angles going on. That's (laughs) true. I was just thinking about, like, Picard gets up out of his chair and walks up the thing... And the camera like moves right when he gets up, and then moves left a little bit, and then it yeah. cuts to a different shot, and then it moves like a foot with him walking up behind Jordy. Yeah, and I was like, man, they really couldn't move that camera much this episode, huh? It was nailed down. The union couldn't come to unnail it. <laughs> oh, I was gonna point out that Mel Torme's son, who wrote this, uh, the other writers hated his guts. Because of Mel Torme? Uh, no, because he was Gene Roddenberry's personal friend, so he didn't have to go to any of the meetings, and he didn't have to like turn his scripts in on time. What? It was like pure nepotism, and they all hated his guts, and that's it why he left the show after two seasons. It must have sucked to be around Gene Roddenberry, right? He, he had his fucking nepotism on high beam at all times. Oh, it's like the old, it's like the old TV shit. He was from that that old time, right, where. 60s, 70s, where it's like, yeah, I know Jerry from down at the carpool. You know, like, like. Well, it's true. Like, if you look back at how Star Trek, the original series, got its cast, it's just the other two shows he worked on. He just picked the cast out of it and put it on TOS. Yeah. Um, but like, they, um, they just get 
they go in a big circle through the do- revolving door instead of doing anything interesting. Yeah, they do that like three times, which is stupid. Data um, goes up to a random lady and he's like, do you know if there's another exit? And she just walks away. Doesn't even pay any attention yeah, to it. That's This is when they're like trying to get people's attention. Yeah, they're just playing slots and they're winning and they're not paying any attention. Yeah. And then uh, Worf yanks a slot machine off the wall. He's like, I'm big and strong. I bet you there's... He's like, I bet you there is a hidden door here. Yeah. And like what? he just he just pulls his phaser out and starts fucking blasting. It's like what the fuck? And well, they brought uh, the phasers down, so they're gonna use them. Yeah, they got this. They got the effects budget this yeah. time. Yeah, just they shot sure on the Golden Girls Go to Vegas set, so <laughs> they saved some dough. Oh god! But uh, Data walks over and he's like, "Yeah, shit didn't work out." And they're like, "Yeah, not for us too. I guess we're trapped here." Uh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. And they're just straight up, like, trapped in Las Vegas, and I'm guessing it's supposed to be, like, 1930? No, it's 91. I <laughs> I mean the time period the book takes place in. 91. Really? Yes. That's not what anyone is dressed like. <laughs> no, they're dressed. There's a couple extras that are dressed like, uh, like eighties, like late eighties. Because the the guys like Data asks, "What kind of like? How did he get here?" The Texas guy, right? He's like, "Oh, I got a caddy, a '91 caddy out front." Oh, that's true. You know, I love later on. He's like, "Why'd you do it?" It's because I didn't show you my car. He's like, "Why'd you do it to me?" <laughs> Oh man, um, <laughs> this episode's ridiculous. It's so silly. That's why I enjoy yeah. it so much. It's like blatantly silly. They know it's silly. Yeah, it's it's crazy, right? Uh, back on the Enterprise, they've almost cut through the interference, but uh, Troy is like, "Hey, things have changed down there. Riker feels tense. He's trapped. He feels like he's trapped." And they're like, "Oh shit, we got to do something about this. Yeah, we got to get this." gun shoot problem fixed so <laughs> we can science our way through it yeah we'll shoot science our way out of this this is one of my favorite moments in the episode Worf is like the phaser doesn't work on anything around us which gives me the idea he was walking around this fucking just casino shooting just shit. shooting everything <laughs> you think he's shooting people He's like shooting jukeboxes staircases <laughs> people the doors the desks I like how nobody gives a fuck. No, they don't give a shit. They're just like, whatever. And uh, Data's like, you know, we don't have many options. Riker says, I know of one option. And they go back to the concierge desk to just Mm -hmm. ask. I guess that's his option. Yeah, that's their plan. And uh, the bellboy, who's become an important character in this episode, sure, yeah. pulls a gun out and tucks it right down his pants. A heater. And the assistant manager comes up and he's like, you gotta stop. Mickey D's gonna take your genitals. You can't I, do this. I like you, kid, and I really love your genitals, so please, enough. He's like, nah, I'm gonna make Mickey D leave Rita alone and then Rita will do good things to my genitals. She's gonna, she's gonna yank it like a slot machine. <laughs> and uh, the assistant manager's like, "Nah, Mickey D's got bigger genitals. It's not gonna work." 
<laughs> Reed like, has been nah. slobbering all over those genitals for weeks now. He's like, kid. nah, I got the biggest genitals. And he leaves. Yeah. yeah. And Riker's like, hey, I'd like to leave. Yeah. Also. Yeah. And the assistant manager's like, yeah, the exits are all marked. You can just go. Yeah. And he's Riker like, says that's not good enough. Which is the weirdest thing to say in that situation. <laughs> it's like they were trying to make Riker Rikery, right? Like, he's... I don't know. It's it's his badass line. Yeah. The, the exits are clearly marked. You can use That's them. Not That's enough. not good enough. <laughs> yeah. Got to do better than that. He's like, if there's any complaints, you can take it up with the manager. He's like, okay, I'd like to do that. He's like, the manager's very busy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thankfully at this point Picard gets through the interference and he calls Riker he's like Riker why the hell haven't you left yet yeah which is not what I would ask first I'd be like what's wrong yeah not like what's what do you why are you not here Riker I sent you to the store for one carton of milk and you come home with three magical beans (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what? It's Jack and the Beanstalk. I, I get the reference. Um, <laughs> Riker's like, we're trapped here. We don't seem to be in any danger, but we can't get out. Yeah. And Picard's like, well, don't worry. We're going to shoot a, a really big laser gun at it, and that'll yeah. fix it. Is this when they explain like what would happen, though? And they're like... Oh, uh, no, that happens a little later, actually. <laughs> He's like... Uh, he doesn't say that. He's like, oh, we're working on the problem. We're going to... We're gonna, fix it so don't worry that's right that's right and that's when data's like oh there's human dna in this hotel oh yeah he's like it's up and to the right <laughs> and worse like let's use these turbo lifts <laughs> yeah this is great and then he walks up to the door and he looks super like shocked he's like oh this must be out of order <laughs> and data just slowly reaches over and presses the button <laughs> Yeah, because Data would know this stuff, right? Yeah, like it, would, he, it would be in his uh, yeah. like history databanks. He would know what an elevator is. Like, how they, to work. They take the elevator up and uh, enter into a hotel room. And Riker finds a Party City skeleton <laughs> on the bed. It has a really long beard, so you know it's been there for a while. It does have really long hair. Actually, it does have the hair, yeah. Which is really funny, but... Um, it's like one of those party city mummy skeletons that like yeah. goes <laughs> when you walk by it, yeah. <laughs> and Riker's like, "Oh, he must have died in his sleep." And Worf's like, "A terrible way to go." It's great. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> and he died two hundred and eighty-three years ago. Yeah, and they're like, "Why isn't he like dust?" And Data's like, "Because there's no bacteria here. It's just sterile." And like, uh, Riker's like, "Why would they make?" All of this for a dead guy. Yeah, and then Worf's like, I'll check his shit. Maybe he has a butt plug we can examine. I'll turn his shit over. (laughs) Uh, Run yourself, skeleton. That's what he says. Um, But he finds a uh, United States astronaut uniform in uh, in the closet. Yeah, the Charybdis. And, uh... The uniform is has the name Colonel Paul Ritchie. Colonel Paul it. Ritchie. Well, Paul, guess your guess your ancestors, or you are gonna die. I don't know in space. You're, you're, gonna, you're gonna die 283 years ago, 300 years from now. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so do some quick math. I we don't know. figure that out. I don't know. I think that's uh, that's the the proof that we're trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's apply for Matt's last theorem to this. So and this figure this yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, they figure out how to do some stable communications, and Riker's like, "Yeah, we're still stuck. We haven't figured out how to get out." Yeah. And Picard's like, "Yeah, we haven't really um, figured out a way to beam you back." Uh, so I guess you're fucked. Try to figure it out, though, guys. Your records like you. We found human remains. Uh, why don't you search the database for Colonel S. Ritchie? Yeah. And this one Worf's like, "Hey, I found this shitty novel. <laughs> it's called Hotel Royale. Do you think that has something to do with what's happening?" What a weird coincidence. And uh, Data reads the book real fast. I love this, where, where Riker's like, uh, summarize, please. Like, he says it and really he's like, Yeah, he's like, summarize, please. Um, <laughs> the corpse is Stephen G. Ritchie, who I guess is Paul's grandson? It could be his son. It could Probably be. his son. Who was commanding officer of the Charybdis when it launched July 23rd, 2037. So yeah, it's Paul's son, Stephen. You better get on it. Uh, it was the third manned attempt to leave the confines of our solar system, and it was never heard from again. Pretty fucked up. <laughs> and uh, Data summarizes the novel, and they sort of explain that it's being played out around them at the yeah. same time. Yeah, they get that that's what's happening. Um, they find the diary, and he reads it aloud, and uh, they find out that it's an alien containment experiment. Not so much an experiment. It's like a quarantine. Like, like he's quarantined. Yeah. He sort of speculates that the aliens feel bad for killing everyone else on the Charybdis. Yeah, so they put him through a, a, a even worse fate. Yeah, living. they don't realize that, though. Yeah. They think the Hotel Royale is how Earth is. It's kind of like the the book from uh, a piece of the action, Yeah, right? the book. The Bible. They're just like, this is what they like. Why else would they bring this dumb book? Although, they had a point in a piece of the action. Why the fuck did they have a giant book about mobsters? I don't know. I have no idea. Jeez. Um, but uh, the Hotel Royale is exactly as described in the book. The same storyline is happening, and he survived there for 38 years. Yeah. That's, that's, a, hard, that's a horrible life. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's when... <laughs> Riker reads it and he's sort of like, haha. And then he reads that the guy was welcoming death and he yeah. was waiting for it and he loses all of his haha juice at once. He's like, please let me die. This place sucks. I hate the Texas guy. <laughs> fucking, I hate this Texas dude. He's always saying fucking Yahoo and making a spittoon sound effect. Yeah, he's not even spitting into a spittoon. He's just he's, saying, spittoon. he's just saying, ba-ding! over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Like, we get it. And Picard's like, yeah, that's cool and everything, but why the fuck can't you leave? And he's like, that's a great question. <laughs> but anyway, you know, who gives a fuck about that? Uh, we're going to shoot the hotel with our big giant gun. <laughs> Phaser like, it. Okay, uh, that seems dangerous. And Data's like, actually, we would only have 12 seconds before the hazardous atmosphere killed us. And Dr. Pulaski's like, yeah, you'd be frozen almost instantly. But I can revive you Maybe. in principle. Perhaps I could. And they're like, great, that's terrible. And Riker's <laughs> like, well, I mean, let's put that as our plan B. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's call that plan F. <laughs> For fuck you, Pulaski. 
fuck you, whoever came up with this plan. It's a shitty plan. And the, the telephone rings, and Worf walks up to it uh, as if he's never seen a telephone, which he hasn't. It's really good yeah, acting. Yeah, it's really good, yeah. He picks it up, he puts it to his ear, and he's like, there's a woman on the line. She is asking if we want room service. <laughs> Data's like, I believe they're asking if we want the room cleaned. And Worf, please tell her no. Yeah. And Worf just goes, no. He <laughs> exits up and he's like, she, she's informed me that the kitchen is open at all times. Should we change our mind? He's like, okay. <laughs> he just hangs up. And then uh, Raker's like, let's split up, gang. Yeah, let's do some Scooby-Doo running through some doorways. Little Scooby Sunshine. <laughs> Why don't they ever go to their rooms? Because they get keys for rooms. Yeah, they never go to their room. They never go to their rooms. Because then you become a skeleton. No thanks. Oh, yeah. No, I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. They, uh, back on the Enterprise, Picard and Troy read the novel, and they're like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, it it's it, they start reading it. There's a really confusing and, and interesting thing that happens. So they start reading the novel, but then they I I thought they started listening to the novel, but it's them I think listening to what's happening on the planet. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. But cuz they have the same voices. Yeah, but it, it's it's weird because in our time, and I guess back in the 80s, like there were books on tape yeah. But now we listen to books all the time. So it's like a weird, like, uh, like a, a lost in translation type of thing, right? Where it's yeah, like. actually, like, I think the idea in the episode is that they're listening to what's happening on the yeah. planet. I guess they but, read the book, right, really quickly. Yeah. And there's a really good scene where Picard reads the first line and he says, It was a dark and stormy night. Yeah. He goes, this does not bode well. Yes, yeah, it's all. <laughs> Oh, and dude. Troy smiles real big and says, it may get better, <laughs> which is such a, like, perfect showcase of the different characters. Yeah. You get a real good sense, like, that they're, like, he's very paternal with her, right? Like, he's, he, like, they care about each other weird, like, they're, like, friends, sort of, yeah, weirdly. Yeah, they, they have, like, a friendship, and yeah. I think that's important for the Picard character to show that there's someone that he relies on so yeah. heavily. Yeah. Amongst the crew. He's not just this, like, robot, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and with with the hope in our hearts that it may get better, we're going to take another break and hear for one last time from Hat Hole Home Video. We'll be right back after these messages. After these messages. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, it's Josh from M-Class. Make sure you go to YouTube and you check out Hat Hole Home Video right now. This channel is super freaking awesome. I've been watching some videos today. Hat Hole Home Video is devoted to celebrating the wonderfully bad movies found on the video store shelves of the 80s and 90s. Uh, I picked out some clips that I really liked from this show. Uh, he does uh, VHS collecting. Uh, movie reviews, midnight watch parties with Dr. Zotto, and occasionally uh, action figure collecting, which I'm super into. So uh, check out Hat Hole Home Video, and uh, here's a clip you can check out. Hey everybody, welcome to Hat Hole Home Video. Today is a fun day because it's a toys pickups video. I don't get to do them very often. Um, it's really 
feast or famine when it comes to toys as far as my thrifting adventures go. So uh, yeah, I thankfully we're in a little bit of a feast. It is Goro, Prince of the Underworld. That's Hat Hole Home Video. It's a place for the nostalgic to reminisce about the good old days and for the newcomers who've discovered the awesomeness of the VHS and 8-bit era to get in on the fun. It's awesome! And we're back. I just want to take a quick moment to thank Hat Hole Home Video for sponsoring us for the month of May. We appreciate yeah. the hell out of it. Go check him out. His stuff is great. Um, I always say that I don't sponsor, I don't allow anything to be a sponsor of this show if I don't like it myself, and that's true. And I mm -hmm. especially, like, fell in love with that channel, so definitely go check him out. Yep. Uh, so, after, um, they, Data and Riker and Worf split up Scooby-Doo style... <laughs> Data returns to the blackjack table where Cowboy and uh, Harlan... Van Vanessa. Yeah, her name is Vanessa. His name Apparently. is Texas, and she's Vanessa. Yeah. Um, he goes up to Texas, and he's like, how'd you get here? And he's like, I, I drove in my car. Yeah. And he Data's like, can I see it? He's like... He's like, where is he? He's like, I don't know, probably in the parking lot. And he's like, let's, can I see it? And the guy's like, what the hell are you talking about? No. No. And Data's like, oh, I think we're both trapped here. And he's like, it feels that way when you lose. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm just trying to help this nice young lady out who's been losing hand after hand. Oh, he's being super lecherous. Yeah, he's being a big nasty creepo. He's like, he's like, and she's like, should I, what should I do, daddy? <laughs> she's like, should I take a hit? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you should. And Data's like, I would not if I were you. The statistics say that you shouldn't. And he's in Texas, like, Texas, like, boy, I'll kill you faster than a rattlesnake in a pole cat's anus out on a hot day in a July summer. Damn, that's so fast. <laughs> Apparently. And, uh, um,. She loses, and yeah. Data's like, well, I tried to tell you. Yeah, and, she, and she's like, oh, no, I don't have any money. And then Texas, Texas is like, I guess this is my cue to inappropriately touch the hell out of this person. Yeah, now that you ain't got no money or yeah. recourse of your own. Yeah. Guess you're trapped with my weird dick. Ugh. Ugh. You know he's got a weird one. Um, yeah, it's weird. Those aliens like didn't know how rig. dicks work. They don't... <laughs> Riker comes back down, and uh, I guess he's done looking at all upstairs. And he comes back down, and the assistant manager and the bellboy are talking. And like, Rita called crying. Yeah. Mickey D's on his way. And then yep. the most nondescript man walks through the front door in a white suit with the Shredder's outfit draped around his shoulders. <laughs> the Shredder, uh, combined with the Wolf of Wall Street, walks in. Yeah. It's and like, you're like, oh. <laughs> this is not the guy who should be playing this character. No, no. It should be like a gangster, right? Yeah, it like, should be a guy who has a little older, a little craggier yeah. face. Like, he's just like a male model walks yeah, this in. Guy's, yeah, this guy's like an 80s stock market guy. It's like, what? Like, okay. And he's like, I heard you've been talking to my bitch. Yeah, you better. 
you better quit talking to Rita because she's makes the water ice, the water ice. <laughs> oh damn, he's from Philly. I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah, he's from Philly. Um, the assistant manager's like, "Come on, boys, take it outside. This isn't good for business." Yeah. And Mickey D's like, nah, I do my killing in front of groups of people. I do my killing in front of hundreds of witnesses. They know better than to talk about it, even though they'd have an airtight case because there's a hundred of them. There's literally a hundred of them. Yeah. And Troy's like, did people actually, did humans talk that way back then? And Picard's (laughs) like, no, this this is a terrible, terrible novel. Yeah, he's like, this is the worst thing I've ever sat through. And then... Troy's like, Captain, uh, if you don't mind. <laughs> she just ditches. She's like, fuck this. And I love Picard. He just throws his hand up like, yep, yep I got ahead. you. Yep, yep. Mickey D's like, I'll go outside, all right. You walk first, though. <laughs> click, click. He's like, yeah, sure. I'm a fucking moron. Let's I'm go. shit, yeah. Mickey D pulls his gun out, shoots him in the fucking bag. Yeah, and he's like walking super... over and he's like, ain't no dame worth dying for. They worth killing for, though. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and he leaves and it's like, what the fuck? And then everybody just goes back to what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, how many times did that dude have to see that? The the, the dead guy? Like, yeah, every day. Every other day, yeah. Right, R- Riker's like, how was this even possible? And Picard's like, oh, that happened on page 244. Yeah. <laughs> Riker's like, well, how does this end? How did the novel end? He's yeah. like, the hotel is bought out. Uh, it's not specific. It's just foreign investors, and it's $12.5 million. <laughs> U.S. currency. And then they, re- they leave. They return home in the book. And Riker's like, oh, shit. That's how we're getting out of here. We're like, buying boys, this joint. We're pulling a heist, boys. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking episode just turns into, like, ludicrous nonsense. It was already there, right? But it yeah. dials it up to 11. It gets, yeah, it gets kicked up a notch. Uh, Riker's like, look, we're going to win the money we need. Data, I need you to take over. You need yeah. to cheat using yeah. your robot body. Load those dice, baby. <laughs> um, Vanessa loses more of her money, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to be a prostitute. And Riker's like, yeah. whatever, whatever, Data, roll. <laughs> <laughs> they're playing craps at this point, right? Yeah, they're playing craps. Data gets a six, and Riker's like, I thought you were supposed to be good at this, you fucking bitch. And Data's yeah. like, oh, uh there's like, uh, I need to get another six before getting a seven. Yeah, I don't know how to play craps. I don't either. I don't, this I is all no foreign to me. But um, yeah. Riker's like sort of confused about the game as well. He's like, there's equal probability of rolling a six or a seven. So like, how do you win? How do you like make sure you win? And yeah. Data's like, well, there's a certain degree of random fortune involved. Hence why it's called gambling. <laughs> suck on that you shit. stupid fucker. What are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, Data rolls and gets a seven. And yeah. uh, old Texas is like, well, doggone, woo doggies. I think you got the touch. Why don't you roll again? Pa-ting. Yeah, he, well, he misses it, right? And then Data's like, oh, well, I think these dice are wacky. He's like, they're yeah, not Yeah, he's right. like, they're weighted incorrectly. Yeah, which is like, 
Yeah. <laughs> and then he crushes them in his fucking hand somehow he's, and he's Superman threes it. Yeah, he makes a diamond out of <laughs> What the fuck? I don't know how that works. Yeah. <laughs> but um he just keeps rolling sevens over and over and over again. Yeah. And Vanessa and Texas are like, We're doggies. Dude, he is and Data's like ham boning it. Up, for dude. sure this is not how data would act whatsoever he's but he's like throwing and not looking he's doing this like sl- he looks like a fucking idiot with yeah. his smile he's this huge smirk like winking mm, like fucking yeah, blowing so, on the dice having yep. the the sexy lady blow on the dice yeah yep and <laughs> um Riker's like calls back to Picard and he's like, We're having some great luck. And Picard's like, Well, you better stay in character. The investors are described as flamboyantly generous. Yeah, so Riker's like, I could do that. And he's having a fucking great time, just giving chips to people, being like, Buy yourself something pretty, toots. Yeah, he's like, Go give this to the parking lot attendants. Which, like, how does he know what a parking lot attendant is? <laughs> how the fuck would he know what a parking lot attendant good, is? And they don't talk about parking lot attendants in books very often. No. So I have no idea how he knows. He just, he just, I think it is like improv that he just, they left in, right? Yeah. Riker's like, we're going to bet all $12.3 million that we've won. And Data's like, but we only need, like, 12.5. And he's like, he's like, Data, roll the dice. Trust me on this one. <laughs> yeah. Texas, being a fucking moron, is like, I think your luck's plum run out, dog. Yeah. He's like, rolling 18 in a row, that's a little too rich for my you, blood, which is you, made out of cocaine and oil. You doggone little pole cat. I tell you what. <laughs> and uh, Data's like, well, you shouldn't do that. Like, I'm going to win. And then yeah. he rolls and he wins. And Texas is like, why'd you do it to me? <laughs> He's like, I told you. Is it because I wouldn't show you my car? <laughs> He's really sad. Like, He's, He's really, really genuinely sad. And Data's yeah. like, I tried to warn you. <laughs> yeah, They win then- $24 million. And they're like... We're gonna buy this place. And then the assistant manager's like, You're the foreign investors. My God. (laughs) Finally, I can stop watching my best friend get killed every night. (laughs) Yep. Texas is like, I like your style, doggone it. I'll buy you a nice sarsaparilla. (laughs) A Sioux City sarsaparilla. Riker's like, no thanks. You should enjoy the game, but make sure not to let them change the dice. Yeah, because we've rigged these dice. <laughs> <So> they <laughs> roll sevens. <laughs> uh, the patrons all go back to gambling, which they've been doing for 238 years. It's important yep. to point out. Yep. And the away team walk through the revolving doors, go out into the void of nothingness, and beam back up to the ship. That's it. Back uh, when they're back up on the ship, Riker heads to the ready room, and Picard's in there. And they try and put a little bow on it, but they don't tie it too tight. They just sort of like put the ribbon on there, and they're like, "That's good enough." Yeah, they're like, "We found the guy that was missing, and what a mystery!" But yeah. who did it? Exactly. Riker's like, "How did that primitive ship make it that far?" Picard's like, "I don't know. Maybe they took him there." Which, like, obviously, right? Like, like, how did the aliens? Do, why did the aliens do all this? I don't know. I don't Who know. are the aliens? I don't know. Guess we'll find out. Never. See you Picard's next week. Like, 
<laughs> Much like for Matt's last theorem, we may never solve the puzzle of the yeah. Hotel Royale. Yeah, leave- and he winks directly at the camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it's never mentioned again. <laughs> Unless there's imagine? something in the game, the online game, that I don't know about. Uh, no. Not that I can think of. No. Uh, I think it's interesting to note before we get into our uh, review on the Cochrane to Catfish scale, yeah. patented, patented scale, TM, that um, this uh, episode was written by uh, old Torme, <laughs> but he wrote it under the pseudonym Keith Mills because uh, this episode was heavily rewritten by production uh, team member Maurice Hurley. Oh my God! Uh, Maurice Hurley re- uh, rewrote like a ton of Torme's scripts to the point where they just started fucking hating each other. Yeah, that's, that'll happen. And every time <laughs> Torme wrote a script that got touched by Hurley, he would change his name on it. Uh, oh, that showed him. <laughs> he would write it under a pseudonym, so he didn't time. know or whatever. I think so it was the just other to guy be like a know. fuck you. Like I wrote, I, you fucked with this so much that it's not mine anymore. It's some idiot named Keith Mills. Fucking classic Keith. Fucking Keith. Why you suck so bad? Fuck you, Keith Mills. Uh, I'm giving this a seven. <laughs> a seven out of ten on the warp scale. This episode is goddamn ridiculous and it rules. You I might what? give it an eight. You know, I was gonna say I might like. I might give it a 7.5. Yeah. Because it's so fun. It is so funny. It's so fun. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's, um, I'm sure there are a lot of people who take Star Trek way too seriously who think this episode is god awful. No, this episode is a really, really good season two episode. And it's, I can watch this episode again. Like, I'd watch it again, like, now. Yeah, I would too. Which is is a testament to how funny it is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as we talked about in the last episode of M-Class Email, the secret to Trek's success, at least in like my estimation, is how funny it is, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, humor is such an intrinsic part of being human, and like the most the like most human adventure ever, Star Trek, has to have that part in it. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of the humor in Star Trek really comes from the being a fish out of water and oh and yeah not just like in like time travel or whatever but like in situations that humans have never been in and they're like what the hell is this right like especially Riker says yeah that. what the hell what the hell what the hell <laughs> the super cut what the hell just a super cut of Riker saying what the hell would be great there is what a super the hell's cut of, the matter with you there is a super cut of Riker cursing that has all the what the hell's in it yeah. on YouTube I advise everyone to go watch that right it's, now it's good um yeah I think 7.5 I'm gonna stick with uh this yeah. episode is goofy it's stupid it's pointless and I love it yep yep it's great data is great Worf is great Riker is the three of them are amazing. They're such a great trio. They work so fucking well together. I don't think this episode would work as well if it was, like, Jordy, right? Like... Yeah. Because Jordy would be like, oh, there's weird stuff happening. They have to use the visor to see shit, right? Like... It, but Worf is just like, ah, what the fuck? 
like Data is trying to piece together a puzzle without any of the pieces, and he's yeah. like he's only getting what he can get from like a regular scanner, mm-hmm. and that makes it the mystery a little bit more interesting. Yeah, the fact that they don't ever like really solve it, I think, also helps because it's like you don't really need to know exactly what it was, right? They aliens did it. It was. I, I weird. guess I'm. I guess I'm of the opposite opinion, sort of. Yeah, and I'm and the same of opinion in some ways because like yeah. I think um, the fact that it doesn't have a satisfying conclusion for the mystery is like a detriment to the episode. Like I may have given it like an eight or an eight point five if there was a satisfying conclusion. Yeah, yeah, I I, but, I know um, what you're saying, and I I, I, I will that. say I have zero faith that if there was a conclusion in this episode, it would be, that it would be satisfying. No, I I, I <laughs> agree with that too. Like. I think, like we said earlier, like it would be like some weird alien. He'd be like, "It was me the whole time." Yeah, and it there's would be no like, way that would be interesting. Yeah, that's stupid. Right? No interest in that. I think the episode works as well as it possibly can. I think it's a seven point five of an episode, like a hard seven point five. Yeah, like a turgid seven point five. Yeah, seven point five inches hard. <laughs> seven point fifty thousand inches. That's still seven. He <sighs> did it. That's how dudes should measure their when they're talking about dick size. They should just blow it so out of proportion, but only the point, so it's still yeah, the, same. the decimal. It's infinitely large if you uh, think about Jesus. it. Jesus, it's true. My wiener is infinitely large if you think about it a certain way. Yeah, if you go, you could keep going smaller and smaller. It's infinite. <laughs> it's true. Well, let's not talk about small penis. You keep having a half, it's infinite. I don't want to have my penis, Josh. <laughs> I want to have it. Yeah. Hey, hey. Ho, ho. In my butt and mouth? Maybe yeah. the opposite way? Maybe docking? <laughs> like a spaceship. <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> what a good episode. <laughs> this, uh, I think this episode, um... I, we've complained about a weak B story quite a lot uh, in Star yeah. Trek episodes. Um, I think this episode's B story is fairly weak, but it's in it's completely in support of the A story, which yeah. I think um, um, sort of heightens it a little bit, sort of like brings it up to a, an acceptable level. Yeah, your B story doesn't have to be amazing. No. It, it just needs to compliment and lift up the main point you're trying to make, yeah. right? I think the this episode um I like ironically because it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme to things whatsoever. Um I think this episode is an extremely good showcase of both the personalities and the relationship between Troy and Picard. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's it's fun that it's that it's just them, right? Yeah, like she's sort of his missing optimism. Yeah, like he's he's being pessimistic and realistic and um, analytical, and she's being much more optimistic and like yeah. heartfelt. Well, he's very snooty, right? He's very like, oh yeah, he's my a god, snooty dude. <laughs> and and she's like, well, you know, maybe it's fine. She's like, yeah. kind of like a, like a mom, like, well, maybe we'll see, right? Like, <laughs> let's just see. That's, there's a truth to the fact that, like, if Picard's the dad of the Enterprise, then yeah. Troy is the mom. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and I, I really love their back and forth in this episode. Even from, like, just the little bit we get with, like, Picard being, like, aggravated with Riker and she just being, like, I think he's amused. Yeah. Yeah. The whole episode is hilarious from beginning to end. 
Yeah, this is like a a, a very a good like a little is is better than a lot sometimes, right? Oh yeah, Just the little bit you get of Picard is is perfect. You get a lot of Riker, which is also perfect. There's there's a lot of um, showcasing of what makes characters funny. Yeah, in this episode, like Riker has this sort of carefree like jovialness to him that's yeah. very funny and like data is so fish out of water and over analytical and that's hilarious and Worf is so stoic and uncomfortable and out of his element yeah and that's it, it, also but he's, hilarious but he also is just like doing his job and he's like there and he's not like flustered by it but he's just no, like he just has such a dry reaction yeah. to everything that it's so funny yeah like, he says completely without any inflection like horrible way to die yeah it's just a matter of fact yeah. to him i and love that like f- for him it's like he i don't know like he's he's almost like very brave in the sense that like even using a phone makes him look kind of like brave because it's like he doesn't know what he's doing right it's and true it's, he throws himself into it yeah. he doesn't care about the repercussions it's why he's always getting thrown against a wall and hit with barrels and shit <laughs> Getting new spinal cords. And... <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool. Trying to make his best friend kill him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, will you kill me? Yeah. I mean, I wait, what, under what, what circumstance? Any. Yeah. Whatever. Just just on a daily... Yeah, whatever, sure. Just cut my head off with a sword. If you came up to me and you were like, Jeff, you gotta kill me, I would already be pulling the sword out. It would already be happening. Oh, nice. This is That's friendship. <laughs> There'd be no, like, Riker asking everybody what he should do. It would just be a sword cleanly cutting through some body. And then the, the ending theme plays. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> this little after credit scene of me going on trial and going to prison for the rest of my life. Uh, and then it cuts to my head on a beach somewhere, sipping a martini. <laughs> Finally got him. All according to plan. Okay. No, your honor, you have to believe me. He wanted me to chop his head off with a sword. <laughs> I didn't get it in writing because I was too quick on the draw. But <laughs> I was too good at my job. I was too good of a friend. <laughs> that's that's my only crime, your honor, being too good of a friend. <laughs> this whole court is out of order. <laughs> I'll chop all your heads off. They're dragging you away. If you ask me nicely, I'll be your best friend. You know what? I'd like to think hat hole home video. From from the bottom of my hat hole, <laughs> I appreciate you sponsoring our show and keeping us going and yeah. uh, giving us that little bit of moment, a little bit of extra momentum to make our lives a little bit easier. We really yeah. appreciate that. Uh, we really like your show, too. It's really cool. Yeah, um, there's no lies. No yeah. lies detected over here. Yeah, We love that show. Yep. I'm going to stay subscribed forever. Yeah. Um, be careful, though. Jeff will be your friend, and next thing you know... Next thing you know, you're making a fucking podcast about some sh- stupid-ass show from the 90s. And you're s- sipping a martini on a beach. <laughs> Headless. With nobody. <laughs> Headless. You just have the straw stuck down the hole in your neck. Your body's there with your head. I'm just pouring the, the alcohol down my neck hole, and there's like, like jugulars splurting blood everywhere. Like, um, what a vacation. What a great vacation. <laughs> it's the next weekend at Bernie's is a little bit more realistic. 
Um, but yeah, check out Hat Home Home Video on uh, Twitter and on uh, YouTube. Check mm-hmm. it out. Uh, I'd like to thank all of our patrons for sure. We haven't uh, done anything to be worthy of how many patrons we have, how much support they've given us, and uh, we're forever, forever thankful. Thank you. I can speak words. It's okay. It's a podcast. You don't need to speak. <laughs> yeah, that's not what it's all about or anything. No, it's I don't a visual need to do media. that. Uh, yeah, I'd like to thank all of our patrons first and foremost. And if you'd like to be given that heartfelt thank you with just the worst grammar and speaking in it, then you can head over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast, where for as little as a dollar you get access to wallpapers, behind-the-scenes posts, a Discord full of dope folks, and at higher tiers you get new podcasts, new commentary tracks for movies you love, and mm-hmm. just more and more and more. Check that shit out. Ninja Turtles, Mario Brothers, uh, Beastmaster Two, your favorite <laughs> movies, the classics, only the best of the best. <laughs> we did do rum- we did do Rumble in the Bronx. That's a good. That's maybe one of the well. Turtles is good. That's Turtles good is fucking amazing. <laughs> I love that sting so much. It's so good. Danny, hey, it's Raph. A little so, thank you to our patrons. Thank you to all of our listeners. If you'd like to be a part of the show in one way or another, and you ain't got no money, then you can just become a follower of ours over on Twitter at M Class Podcast, mm-hmm. or you can shoot us an email at M Class Email at Gmail and be a part of our other program where we answer your dumb questions with equally stupid answers. <laughs> or you could go to iTunes and rate and review the show. Or yes, Spotify. Please. iTunes, Spotify, um, leave comments, leave uh, reviews. We appreciate that so fucking much. Yeah, tell your friends and your moms. Tell your clergy. Yeah. Go to confession and talk about how funny we are. <laughs> These two dudes make me laugh so much. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, Father. I have sinned. I listened to a podcast about Star Trek where they talk about peeners. They just talk about butts and dicks. I mean, I mean, I mean, penises. I'm sorry. I mean, oh God, that's a hundred more hail marys. I'm so say sorry. Say sixty nine hail marys and then four twenty. That's what the priest would say. Because it's me. I'm yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm headless in there. It's me and Josh on each other's shoulders in a trench coat. We're we're eighteen feet tall. <laughs> Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in we'll be back in another week with some more M-Class goodness Uh, bye bye bye
I'm mentally ill. 